Standby. Hello, this is Penn Jillette. The possibility exists that if I were to actually listen to the lackadaisical Librocubicularist podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I would potentially enjoy it. A ringing endorsement. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Me, me, me. Hello, welcome to the Librocube. My name is Jordan Maywood and I am the lackadaisical Librocubicularist. Let's start off by saying that there will be spoilers possibly. This is not a 100% guaranteed chance, but there is a chance. So, you have been warned. Another thing, I like to say, no, but I do say at the top of every show, is that if you like what you hear, and I don't mean the sort of ambient sounds in the room you are in, I mean this podcast, the only payment I ask is a million dollars. Oh, man. That is ridiculous. The only payment I ask is perhaps you pass the podcast on to a friend. Perhaps you rate, subscribe, and comment within iTunes. Please and thank you. Okay, I'm going to push a button. Uh, Maybe we'll stick to the timer. I always try to. And maybe we won't. I always try to. Ladies and gentlemen. Get ready to review some things. Movie monologue. Today's movie monologue sponsor is Brad Armpit Deodorant. Oh boy, thank you for that sponsorship. Much appreciated. Appreciated, as some people say, which sounds wrong and a little classy. So, uh, movie the first, uh, and I've only got four, so hopefully we'll jam them all in. Might actually do it this time. The Big Short from 2015, starring a bunch of people, including Ryan Gosling... Uh, 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 oh, what order is this? First build only. Christian Bale, you got, uh, Brad Pitt, you got, uh, Steve Carell, among many, many more. Okay, so, uh, four denizens. Oh, wow. A <laughs> big word, Imbida. Uh, four denizens in the world of high finance predict the credit and housing bubble collapse of the mid-2000s and decide to take on the big banks for their greed and lack of foresight. Uh, Certain movies, they look like they'll be really good Sunday movie movies. Uh, Just from, like, the description or uh, the covers. (laughs) Or in this case, I believe this was on Netflix. The Netflix... Was it on Netflix? I don't remember. Anyways, this looked like a really good Sunday movie movie. Uh, I don't think it was. And I think my problem with it is uh, well it's, it's hard to pinpoint but I, I think it has to do with my lack of interest in the subject matter now that by no means bars entry to interest or uh, to uh, to entertainment rather 
Uh, it's just that the housing market collapse, that sentence there alone kind of puts me to sleep, despite being a homeowner, so maybe it shouldn't. But all that sort of finance and uh, stocks and bonds and, like, these guys, the, these movie makers, these actors, this whole thing, they made it fairly interesting, so I'll give them props on that, but... Uh, Rating-wise, I gotta go, like, 2.5 out of 5. If you're unfamiliar with my rating score, I use 3 for enjoyed while watching, but wouldn't watch again. This had moments of enjoyment, but most of the time I was kind of bored and didn't much care for it. So, sorry to say, uh, The Big Short, you took a, something that I have no interest in and made me watch a very long movie uh, about it, so you know congratulations two hours and ten minutes <laughs> i watched the whole thing <sighs> next moving on to fury not mad max fury road just fury just fury from 2004 this also has brad pitt i realized when i turned this movie on that i had inadvertently stepped into a brad pitt movie marathon of well just two movies but still yeah but still i didn't mean to do that uh, i'm not a huge fan of him uh i've seen lots of his movies i've enjoyed lots of his movies uh i am you know he's perfectly fine uh sexy apparently i guess sure <laughs> a grizzled tank commander makes tough decision Decisions as he and his crew fight their way across Germany in April 1945. Uh, yeah, so this one I enjoyed much, much more. Uh, it's a war movie, as you could no doubt tell by the in description. Stars Brad Pitt, Shia LaBeouf, a um, bunch of other people. <laughs> uh, basically, I, I thought it was going to be a little more Kelly's Heroes, but it's, uh, it took a much sort of darker turn, which I don't mind in a war movie because it's a very dark subject matter. So if you're gonna uh, if you're gonna sort of do that gritty realism, may as well do it in one of the most gritty and realistic things there is. War, war never changes. Uh, yeah, so. Uh, good rating wise go solid four out of five very much enjoyed it but uh, i think it needed a little more um was bloody which i enjoy <laughs> in a war movie uh, i never really felt uh something like in a saving private ryan like you feel like the the people are working together and a sort of brotherly camaraderie which uh, wasn't so much here, and purposely sometimes wasn't so much here. So that was a little different. Normally in war movies, it's you don't have that sort of feeling where everyone's not getting along. Which obviously there's going to be times where people fighting together in incredibly stressful situations are not always going to get along. So uh, you know, props for doing that. Uh, rating I already said four, I do believe. Next is Demolition Man. Yes, that Demolition Man from 1993. I feel like this is a movie that is bound to be remade at some point. Which, there's no need for that because this movie's pretty perfect. Pretty, pretty, pretty perfect. This came out in 1993. Wow. Uh, a police officer is brought out of suspended animation in prison to pursue, pursue an old alt... An old ultra-violent nemesis who 
is loose in a non-violent future society. <laughs> uh, both hard to say that and understand as well. Uh, yeah, so you've got uh, uh, Sylvester Stallone, Wesley Snipes in his prime, uh, pre-being in prison for tax evasion, Wesley Snipes. Uh, he's the bad guy, and of course Sylvester Stallone the good guy, because he was the good guy in the 90s. Uh, and then uh, Sandra Bullock. I think, like, I, I know I've, this is probably maybe my third viewing or fourth viewing of this movie. In the 90s, maybe I didn't have the appreciation of Sandra Bullock that I now do, but Jesus Christ, she was hot in this movie. Uh, this friggin' crazy and awesome movie with some ridiculous parts. It's very over the top and it doesn't take itself seriously, which is exactly what you want in a action movie, specifically a 90s action movie. Uh, for that reason, 5 out of 5, definitely. Uh, perfect 90s action movie. Oh, just one interesting little tidbit is uh, I remember from previous viewings that one of the jokes they have is that uh, in the future, all the restaurants were sort of uh, went into, I guess, wars, franchise wars, I think they call them. And the only one that remained was Taco Bell. Uh, so that's all kind of funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In uh, the copy I got a hold of and just watched, uh, they had for some reason changed Taco Bell to Pizza Hut. I uh, did a little research why that was. and th Like, they overdubbed any everything. They took out all the Taco Bell references and sort of replaced them with Pizza Hut. Uh, they did that because Taco Bell is apparently not really known in places other than the U.S. I'm in Canada, so obviously I, I know it. I go there maybe once every two months or so. In fact, uh, so Taco Bell gets a 5 out of 5, if you don't mind shitting. Okay, uh, uh, final movie is The Irish Pub, a uh, documentary. I always try to throw at least one of those in here. Uh, it's about, you guessed it, Irish pubs. Uh, I've always been fascinated with this sort of phenomenon, let's say, that everyone has their sort of local pub. Like, here the closest pub is pretty far, whereas there you're never too far from one. I like that idea of sort of the cheers everyone knows your name the the idea of uh, every day you'll go you'll get have a pint you'll see what's going on uh, it's something that does appeal to me despite hating people and being antisocial so the movie gets a four for furthering my interest how about them apples Speaking of cheers. Television talk. Today's television talk sponsor is Evil Dimension Sex Exchange. Is it still masturbation if you have sex with your alternate dimension self? We say no. Okay, so uh, here, doing as predicted, said I would do in the past which is talking Star Trek Deep Space Nine Season 2. Uh, we talked Season 1 in the sense that uh, I let you all know that the missus and I are watching this, uh, chugging along fairly nicely, doing about four-ish episodes a week, probably, give or take. Uh, so uh, that's not a bad pace. Worked our way through Season 2. 
uh, and sort of a really getting into season three. One of the reasons is we decided uh, to have a sort of rule of when we're watching our quote unquote our show, be it this or any of the other ones I mentioned that we watched together, no more phones. So pretty uh, pretty ballsy maneuver, but we've done it so far. And I feel like that pulls us both into the show more. So the enjoyment is fuller, if you will. And I hope you will. Uh, season two was good. Uh, I got to say, after being, I think, two or three episodes into season three, like something I remember of Deep Space Nine is it just gets better and better. Uh, yeah, just period. <laughs> no explanation. Uh, like the, the last se- season is way better than the first season. <laughs> And it sort of arcs up and up and up and up, and I wish it had gone on longer. Okay, so what I've done here is I've got the uh, Wikipedia page open, uh, which sort of a good place to go if you ever want to know about a show. Uh, you can usually go to the Wikipedia page. It will have a list of episodes uh, with quite often a brief description of each. So uh, this season... Uh, aired in 1993 and 94, uh, which is where uh, Demolition Man was from. Coincidence? Uh, yes, actually it was. Okay, so uh, let's see. Episode 1, Homecoming. Quirk of Secure Bajoran Earring, he claims. Okay, so sometimes uh, throughout this series, there's Bajoran-specific episodes that are not my favorite. Uh, in fact, I didn't even tell them misses this. There was one episode, very Bajoran, uh, religious-y stuff that I actually skipped. I didn't even tell her because I don't think she would care too much. Uh, and it doesn't really affect the story. So, you know, take that with a salt grain. Uh, Bajoran government. Yeah, see, there's another one. Uh, Cisco and uh, Deep Space from Bajorans. Yeah, a lot of Bajoran-heavy stuff in these earlier ones, which... Uh, I feel like maybe they learned their lesson and sort of steered away from from that a little bit. A little bit. Uh, okay, so here was an interesting one. Uh, plasma Storm, which will happen in space from time to time. Basically, it's like a giant lightning storm, and uh, but in space. So uh, these, these bad dudes take advantage of it and uh, get Dax. Dax has a worm in her belly... Uh, a worm that has the knowledge, feelings, memories of all people who have had the worm in their belly before. So I think it's seven generations at this point. So she can look back uh, and remember things from past lives. So it's literally like reincarnation through a belly worm. <laughs> so uh, people of her race have this ability, but not all of them have the worm. So, um, one of them's like, fuck that shit, I want one of these babies, and uh, tries to steal it from her, and shit goes awry? Boy, howdy. Uh, okay, Garrick investigates the identity of a Cardassian boy. Oh yeah, this one was kind of interesting. Um, so Garrick, he's a Cardassian. Not a Cardassian. Not a Kardashian, a Cardassian, which can be confusing. I bet you it is for Emily, who watches both the Kardashians and now this... Uh, he, really, really good character on this, uh, sort of deep, dark, secretive, uh, seemingly one thing, but can be another at a moment's notice. Probably one of my favorite characters on the show, just in terms of, 
the actor who portrays it does such a good job. Uh, so uh, a couple episodes with him, one where he sees a Cardassian boy and like, hey, what's up with that? Because the Cardassian boy is with a bunch of Bajorans. That's weird. Uh, one where he's got sort of a chip in his brain. Uh, a chip that was releasing sort of painkillers, kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of, uh, that he had had on for years and years and had started to malfunction. So he had to sort of go through withdraw. That one was pretty cool. Uh, some mysterious woman, Cisco. Oh yeah, fuck that chick was hot, <laughs> like one of the hottest chicks on the show even, uh, and had this really skimpy, tight red outfit as well. Uh, yeah, so the the leader of the pack, Benjamin Cisco, captain, mm, commander of the space station, kept seeing this girl who was super hot and was sort of appearing and disappearing. So that was weird. Uh, Bajoran Quark. Quark and Odo, the two of them together, could have their own show, I do believe. I would watch that. I think they may be the favorite of the misses as well. Uh, what do we got? So Quark is like a... You know what? Let's just explain Quark and Odo a little bit. And then, uh, as you heard, the timer's already going off, so I shouldn't even be talking about this anymore, but I love the show so much. Uh, so Quark is a Ferengi. If you're not familiar with the Ferengi people... Uh, they have giant ears, like the whole side of their head is ears, got sharp pointy teeth, uh, bald, pretty hideous to behold. Uh, their whole culture is based on the acquiring of wealth, uh, incredibly greedy and sneaky and conniving and really not very nice as a general rule. Uh, Quark, not much of an exception, but maybe a slight exception at some time. Uh, to round his character a little bit. Uh, the actor who played him was also, at one point, uh, one of the uh, um, uh, principals of Sunnydale High School, where Buffy the Vampire Slayer went. So, obviously, pretty, pretty good. Uh, and then Odo. He is the chief of security of the station. He's a shapeshifter, which means he can shift shape. Uh-huh. Uh, so the two of them obviously don't get along for those reasons that Quark, kind of a shady, thievery type, and Odo is there to prevent that. So years of sort of antagonism between them. But then always something this show did amazingly was there's these sort of subtle hints, uh, and sometimes not even so subtle hints, that the two of them need one another. Uh, they hate each other most of the time, but they've become so accustomed to each other and each other's lives uh, that if something was to happen to one, the other would, uh, on some level, feel great sadness, which is an incredible multi-layered thing, which is what DS9 does the best uh, out of any of the Star Treks. It's it's not just what you see at face value. There's, there's subtle things, there's things under the surface that uh, I feel like the other shows didn't have. So I love it. Uh, DS9 out of 5 for Season 2. We'll be back to talk of Season 3, no doubt, with the Jem'Hadar and the Dominion and Founders and such. Conan, the Librarian. Don't you know the Dewey Decimal System? <laughs> book banter. Today's book banter sponsor is a shrubbery 
Okay, if you've been following along, you will no doubt know that we're polishing off the Pendragon Cycle book number five, Grail. Grail, as in the Holy Grail. That Grail. I think I may have mentioned uh, during one of our Pendragon Cycle talks that uh, there is technically one more book but uh, I read, and it seems like it's sort of uh, it's a standalone sequel, prequel, or something like that. So uh, I decided against uh, reading it. I'm just going to wrap it up here. Uh, I feel like this put a fairly neat little bow on the whole thing, uh, and any further exploration of this world, uh, I feel, would not do my brain justice. So I decided uh, against it. Uh, this is by Stephen R. Lawhead. Uh, of the books, it hasn't been my favorite. I think the first two were my favorite, and then the other ones sort of meld together in my brain. Uh, but this was better than one of them that I didn't much like. The one the, the one I didn't like was the one where it was like 100 pages in of me thinking maybe I was reading the same book over again. That I didn't care for. Uh, this one was better, so rating-wise, I'll go four. Yeah, solid four out of five. Uh, because this is the last book in the cycle, I think as a whole, uh, for these five books combined into a series, I will also go four out of five. Uh, a great king faces the ultimate challenge. A dangerous quest through realms of magic and the undead towards a confrontation with his destiny. That doesn't sound like what happened. <laughs> uh, the thing about these books, they're Arthurian. So King Arthur and his court, you've got Merlin, you've got uh, all that sorts of stuff. Uh, but it's very light on the quote-unquote magic, which is not necessarily... Uh, a, a downside like you, you can have obviously books that are good with that don't have magic in them it is possible uh, it's just when I'm reading a quote unquote fantasy um, part of my reason for my love of the genre is because I'm using it to escape from reality so I want to escape as far as humanly possible. If I'm just reading a book that could have happened with a few odd twinges of strange things happening, for the most part, uh, it lessens my enjoyment, I think. This is my more of an assumption of what my brain is doing. Uh, that being said, of the books in this series, this is definitely the the, the, the most that has uh, quote-unquote magical things happen. Uh, basically, it's Arthur and Merlin going against uh, Morgana. Uh, I think they call her... Do they call her something in the cell? Something else in this? They might. Um, so if you're unfamiliar with the Arthurian legend, Morgana was... Uh, related in some way to Merlin, quite often his sister, uh, depending on the source that you're going to. Uh, and she's bad. She's evil. She's an evil witch. So uh, this sort of led to a, a cool uh, battle, quote-unquote, quest, where they have to travel through a realm, a realm that she has control over. Uh, so there's sort of a, a forest that you get lost in. There's monsters, uh, zombies even at some point. They don't call them zombies, but there's people who you chop off their limbs and then they just get, get back up and keep trying to kill you. Which I would guess I would consider a zombie for the most part. So uh, you have the Grail, which uh, can heal people. 
Uh, you got King Arthur's sword. Never really called Excalibur throughout. Um, all in all, I would recommend the series if you're interested in King Arthur. This is probably one of the best that I've read. Uh, there's another one. Is it T.H. White? Something like that. But uh, so there you go. Ha! Saw the timer was going to go off and didn't want to say anymore. That's what happened there. Game Gavin. Today's Game Gavin sponsor is Shaman or Shaman Totem Pole Dancers. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, uh, going to be doing something I haven't done in a while anyways, and that is talking a mobile game, specifically Hearthstone, which I do believe I mentioned I might do uh, last episode, uh, Heroes of Warcraft. So that's Hearthstone, colon, Heroes of Warcraft. Oh, I only had two burps for three words, so apologies, <laughs> I guess. Uh, uh, yeah, okay, okay, so this is a card battle game, which, uh, I'm sure at some point in my long video game talking years on a podcast, uh, I have spoken of my love of card battling games. Uh, first one I think I played was some free-to-play one back on Congregate, that's with a K, uh, which I should just mention uh, on that note, uh, if you're ever looking to for free-to-play games, uh, Flash games, Congregate is definitely your best source for that, hands down. Uh, I used to play someone one on that. One thing I remember is there, uh, if you got the Pharaoh card, uh, it would start uh, spawning scarabs, and there was just scarab after scarab after scarab until you had like 20 scarabs, and no one could beat that many scarabs, right? <laughs> oh boy <laughs> this game uh follows along that same sort of idea where you have a if you've never played a card battle game you've got a deck of 30 cards each of the cards has like a monster on it or a magical ability uh each of the cards is worth a certain amount uh, so in the top corner will be a number uh, each round you will have a certain amount you can spend on cards. So for example, round one, you will be able to spend one point. Round two, two points. Round three, three points. So if you have a card that uh, costs three to play, you couldn't play it until your third round because that's when you would have three points to spend. It's pr once once you it sounds maybe I'm making it sound more complicated than it is, but it's actually pretty simple. The basics of how to play, uh, where it's a little more in depth, is that sort of chessy idea of uh, easy to play, difficult to master. My one gripe is this definitely can and often does fall under the uh, pay to win sort of category of games. Uh, by that I mean. Uh, the game is free. You can play the game and never pay any money at all. Uh, you probably will have fun doing so, even. But if you're the type of personality who likes to complete things or likes to, I don't know, win, <laughs> uh, you probably will have to spend money. I've spent probably 20 bucks so far. 
Uh, and, and even that amount makes me feel guilty to some degree. Like, uh, I think what you should do is uh, you can spend, I think it's six ninety nine to get the welcome pack, which is just like a, a, a pack of extra cards. And uh, that'll give you a slight edge, but not really. Um, <laughs> just Just enough so you don't feel like you're really playing from behind as much as I did at first. Uh, so, uh, the, the other thing is, uh, this sort of, uh, gameplay scares me in the sense that I feel like I want to pay more money, and it's just sort of pushing buttons, so it, it almost doesn't feel like you're paying money, so that always scares me, because I went down that rabbit hole with some Marvel game one time, uh, where I spent way more than I should have, which I've already done on this game. Uh, the one thing is I haven't played in a couple of days, which I kind of like that fact because I was playing every day, like a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, but, uh, I've sort of curbed it a bit the way I've curbed it. Ooh, maybe we'll talk about this next time. We'll see how it goes. Uh, uh, started to plan out a game for the misses and I. Uh, I have mentioned on the podcast that I'm playing Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, what I am going to be doing now is running a game. Going to be Dungeon Mastering, which is the other side of the table. So uh, looking forward to that and have done a shit ton of work. So yeah, maybe we'll talk about that next time. Hearthstone 5 out of 5. 4 to 5. 5 4. <laughs> Today's internet internet core sponsor is the Shallot News Network. Thank you for that. What I thought I might do with this internet intercourse is start at the end and work my way towards the beginning. Huh, what's that? Normally I talk about YouTube stuff first and then move on to podcasts is sort of how I follow it. Uh, the reason I do that is when I write my show notes, usually on Sunday... I compile all the YouTube videos uh, I've watched, uh, which actually you can if you follow me on YouTube, uh, Jordan Maywood or Slow Cheetah. I can't remember. I'm sure if you type in Jordan, you know, let's do a little test here. We got we got nothing but time, right? What is my YouTube channel? Is it Slow Cheetah? If I type in Jordan Maywood, Jordan Maywood, what comes up? Okay, yeah, you can type in Jordan Maywood and I come up. I've got 15 subscribers. Wow. Look out, PewDiePie. Uh, anyways, the, the 65 videos I have up there are not the reason necessarily to subscribe. So much as the... Uh, I wonder if I can see how many it is. Playlists. Oh, more than I can even count. Uh, every week I create a playlist... Of videos that I watch on YouTube and there are hundreds of them I think I've been doing it for I don't even know how many years um, so if you want let's just see uh, 67 64 87 87 82 84 81 64 61 60 51 83 somewhere in that oh 105 there's one if you want a collection of videos from the week to watch usually of the nerdy variety you can push a button and watch 69 <laughs> up top uh, videos and they'll just play one after the other. It's all the things I watch. So there's a plug for my channel. Not necessarily 
for the videos that I watch. Okay, so totally wasted my time on that. Didn't mean to do that at all. Let's talk. Anna Ferris is unqualified with guests who are also hosts of a podcast specifically. How did this get made? Yes, the good people over at How Did This Get Made, uh, June, Diane, Raphael, uh, um, uh, Jason, uh, oh, geez, <laughs> names, Jason, Jason and Paul, <laughs> uh, they were over uh, doing a little uh, podcast crossover, which I love, uh, which actually two of the podcasts, I, I have two podcasts this week, and they both are crossover podcasts, so. That's something I love of podcast people is there's never that sort of like uh, back in the 90s that late night talk show host fighting between like, uh, uh, well, everyone but uh, Jay Leno and David Letterman specifically. You don't really see that on podcasts. They all seem to have a respect for one another and do each other's podcasts all the time. So I like that. Maybe it's that uh, unrealistic thought of, hey, I have a podcast. Maybe they'll have me on, which will be very unlikely very anyways so uh anna ferris had those guys on uh great podcast in general if you're unfamiliar with anna ferris is unqualified bit of an advice show bit of a uh, they'll do some role play uh which was awesome and i loved it um but something sort of fascinating of this is that uh, uh june and paul did a little in the way of talking about how they met and uh, a little of their relationship they are married uh, which, uh, on how did this get made, that'll come up, sure, from time to time, but they never really dig into it at all, which I guess that's not what that podcast is for. So it was uh, uh, fascinating to hear a little of their sort of behind-the-scenes actual relationship stuff. I liked it. Next, moving on to The Magic Tavern, which uh, I spoke of briefly last week, uh, but because they had another amazing episode, I thought I'd bring it back again. I can do whatever I want. This is my podcast, and I can talk about the podcast that I want to. You would, too, if it happened to you. Oh, boy. Uh, so, Magic Tavern had on guest John Gabris of High and Mighty Podcast. He, uh, if you're unfamiliar with the Magic Tavern, it is real. So, keep that in mind, despite what I'm about to say. It is not actually real. Uh, a bunch of guys pretending to be in a uh, tavern in a sort of Dungeons and Dragons y world. Uh, so, John Gabrus was on and pretended to be a dwarf, a drunken dwarf, and it was fucking uh, hilarious. Uh, he, a couple of times. Uh, <laughs> it's not that he forgot that uh, he, he, being a dwarf, in a world that knows nothing of Earth, uh, would occasionally say things that only someone from Earth would know. Uh, which uh, was pretty... Like, they sort of called him out on it, which uh, I liked. Like, they could have just skimmed over it or not said anything, but they kind of busted his balls a bit. Uh, he is someone who I feel like loves busting balls. And I also feel like people who like busting balls like having their balls busted. So uh, he really, he really got into the spirit of it, and it was a little slice of podcasty goodness. Both of these things, really good, good podcast week so far. Uh, okay, so next we have uh, YouTubers versus YouTube. Uh, something about YouTube and being someone with fifteen subscribers, <laughs> I don't really have to worry about this. Is uh, they seem like potentially they are either 
kind of jerky or such a large company that uh, it's a sort of one hand doesn't know what the other's doing scenario. So a lot of these giant YouTubers, PewDiePie, uh, Philip DeFranco, others uh, complain a lot about policies uh, that YouTube have that sort of stifle their creativity or fuck with their money or any number of things uh, and it happens all the time it just it seemed to be such a rash of them lately I wanted to talk about it uh, it doesn't make sense to me like uh, YouTube needs uh, it's it's almost like they feel like the people who create stuff on YouTube um, are not important to YouTube, which is a ridiculous uh, business model, if you can call it that. Uh, a lot of the times it seems like they'll have a policy that will, maybe even not purposely, maybe probably not even maliciously, uh, be detrimental to people who crea are creating things on YouTube and then won't tell the people. And then when, uh, say, a PewDiePie gets in contact with his YouTube uh, sales rep or whatever you want to call it, uh, the person will have no idea what he's talking about, <laughs> which has got to be so frustrating when that is how you're making your money to find out not only are you not going to be making as much money, but uh, no one can tell you why this is now happening. So uh, I understand it. Uh, it's something that a lot of them will admit even is their job is to make YouTube videos, which is not working in a coal mine. <laughs> so, uh, if there's some things that you have to deal with in order to do your job of not working in a coal mine and making YouTube videos, then, uh, you know, deal with it. Suck it up a bit and get on with your goddamn life, you son of a bitch. Got really angry at the end there for some reason. Next we have fake news. Uh, won't even get into that so much because as you heard, we're already out of time. Uh, seems to be a rash of it lately. Uh, my thought uh, is sort of a, a probably a semi-perfect solution to the whole thing is there is so much in school uh, when I was in school, and I assume now, things that you don't really need. <laughs> There's so many things taught in school that will not help in your real life when you are in real life, when you are an adult. Uh, something that would greatly help is something that I was taught when I went to college. Uh, if you don't know, I went to college to be a librarian. Yes, you heard that right. I am not currently a librarian, but one of my greatest takeaways from that and from probably other things in my life, but maybe I can use that to pinpoint, is uh, an ability to find things to sort through information, probably, uh, I guess, specifically on the internet, but not necessarily. Specifically, but not necessarily on the internet. Find things, study things, and determine whether they are helpful or true or... A, a general help in studying of things, a studying of life. Let's even say, let's get a little deep there. Uh, if early on and often, so I'm not saying have one class one year, have a class like history that or math that you have from a very young age all the way through your schooling where you learn how to sort through information, uh, you, how you learn to check motives, uh, check sources, 
don't just believe everything you hear. Uh, a, a course that taught how to learn. <laughs> yeah, a, a course that teaches one how to learn things, uh, teaches one how to study, would be probably more beneficial than all of the other things combined, because without an ability to learn, how will you learn? Eh? Okay, so that got a little weird and deep. Uh, let's end with Final Fantasy fifteen coverage. Okay, so, as I haven't played it, don't have much to say, my sort of... Uh, hope for audience participation which I always do is for anyone out there who has played it uh, let me know if it was good uh, let me know uh, if you did like it what other games do you like for the reason that I think that's a good way for people to judge others reviews if you're just one guy and I know nothing about you and you say you like a game there's a chance that I won't like the game if you're one guy who says uh, I like this game, and I also like these ten other games, and among those games are games that I like, you know, I can better learn, and study, and uh, check sources, and understand your motives. Huh? Pulling it together like so very much taffy? Oh my god. Folks, off the rails at the end, but that's to be expected. I would like to say, as I do every time, that it is nice to be nice the nice. Done and done. And I mean done. Done and done. <laughs> I like Ron. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean. Buts. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day. You ain't seen nothing yet. The best is yet to come and be, won't it be fine? The best is yet to come. Live long and prosper.